Welcome to the Quantum Love Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Grant. In this show, we'll be exploring all things love, relational mastery, and the initiations that that entails, and what the journey looks like and feels like when we open up and let love lead. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. So I wanted to do a quick little episode. Well, let's be honest. I don't know if it's going to be quick. It's me we're talking about here. (laughs) But my intention is for it to be a quicker episode today. Just to drop in, you know, if the holidays are a hard time for you, if the holidays aren't all jolly old Saint Nick, everything is glorious and wondrous. Um, If you are in that camp or if you have moments of feeling that over the holidays, this episode is for you because this is one of the things that often gets missed, you know, in there's like this big shock, like heart chakra opening that happens in the holiday season. Like there's something energetically that literally opens the heart at this time of year. Maybe it's the gearing down. It's the slowness of the season. It is the remembrance of, you know, the death before the rebirth. And it's a reminder of our humanity. Um, You know, but whatever it is. Whatever the reason is, there's this like big opening of generosity and love in the holiday season. Um, What can also happen when there is that big of an opening is that when you're that open, everything comes up and we can't stop the good stuff from coming up with the bad stuff. And I hate those, those words, but like our English language is really fucking limited sometimes. And, you know, like the painful stuff, the pain, like once the system is open, that painful stuff can start to rise. And, you know, when we are in this energetic collective where energetically everything is opening and there is this flooding of generosity and this flooding of love that tends to happen at this time of year, Um, your system will be impacted by that and it can open you in the sense that, oh, like now we're really starting to feel the rumblings of things that are more painful. And, you know, the holidays aren't always a really joyful time. And like, listen, after these two years, three years, gosh, three years in the pandemic, And we're starting to come through that really wacky, fucked up time um, where a lot of people were isolated. A lot of people couldn't see the people that they love. And then you amplify that with the people who, you know, don't have that community or that family aspect and who are genuinely alone. And so it can be a very lonely time. And I, I really want to make sure that we acknowledge that, 
you know, because it sometimes can get stepped over because it's uncomfortable. And this is a big problem in our world right now is that, you know, we find emotions that are uncomfortable really inconvenient. Um, we kind of see that, you know, how disconnected the world actually can be, how disconnected we can be. And a lot of that comes down to our refusal to embrace the full range of our emotions. So I talked a lot about that in the last episode. So um, if you'd like to hear me <laughs> ramble about that, um, feel free to go check out that episode if you haven't yet, because I, I really do touch on that quite a bit in that episode. But, you know, let's just you know, call it what it is here. Like we live in a world that is not emotionally healthy. Like there's always all this talk about mental health, mental health, mental health, but there isn't equal conversations about emotional health. Because when we really boil it down, when we have mental health stuff going on, there's also like really big emotional health stuff also going on. And it's the mental stuff, like the mental faculty that tries to dominate and suppress the emotional experience. That's what gets us into these really dark places is because we have a world that isn't in approval of your emotions. And that doesn't mean that you can't learn to be in approval of your emotions, but you can't follow the current of society. <laughs> in order to get there. You know, the world, and it makes sense. Like if you look at a more patriarchal, you know, society, more patriarchal context for, you know, a dominator system, of course they don't want you to be sovereign in your emotions. They want to, like, they, I don't why am I saying they, but like, um, the system, the energetics of the system is really intent on keeping you kind of locked in a certain energetic and emotional frequency. You keep people numbed out. You keep people scared. You keep people afraid. Uh, you keep people angry. Um, and at the same time you run the narrative that, those feelings are bad and wrong and you should never be having them. And if you have them, then there's something wrong with you. Like it's such a mind fuck, like such a mind fuck that on one hand you're being subliminally coded and conditioned with pain, fear, anger, um, oppression and outrage. And then on the other hand, there is this narrative that comes through of like, <sighs> those feelings aren't valid and you're only welcome here if you are perfect and you have it together and you're palatable, which means you're happy and that you don't make me feel anything that is uncomfortable. That's the only way that you belong. So if we just look at the map here that has been given 
on this planet to human beings. It is very, very, very obvious to me why we might feel a little fucked up by that. Because on one hand, you're getting like really coded with these energies, and then you're also receiving a narrative that that's wrong and bad and you shouldn't be feeling those things. Like it, it's actually like so mind-boggling. And we need to have these conversations so we can start to see the forest through the trees. And that you can really claim back your sovereignty in the emotional domain. And what that means is learning how to have approval for everything that you feel. So what's happening right now is that we're in this phase where we want other people to validate our feelings and our emotions because we don't know how to do that ourselves. And the key to liberation is not other people validating your feelings and emotions. Well, that can be a really helpful relational tool at times. Um, you, if you're relying just on that to be okay, you will never be okay. Because humans are going to human and they are not always going to behave or react in the ways that you specifically need them to. And if you're running that level of control in your relationships, you will be wildly disappointed and, you know, probably re-wounded in many, many ways. So a lot of this work that I teach is to help you get into a place where you know how to validate your own feelings. You know that everything that you're feeling is true because you're feeling it. And we also can apply that discernment of just because I'm having this feeling doesn't necessarily mean that this person specifically did something to me or they didn't do something to me. Like we start to really emotionally mature in that regard. And, you know, as we start to build more approval for all of our emotional centers, you know, when we hit these junctures, like in the holiday season where it brings up a lot of grief or it brings up a lot of loneliness or it brings up a lot of pain, Instead of going down the rabbit hole of beating ourselves up about that and being like, wow, what's wrong with you that you just can't feel good during the holiday season? Instead of doing that, we can go down the track of like, oh yeah, gosh, it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. And you have that conversation with yourself. You know, just in the same way that a really compassionate and attuned parent or adult would have with a child that they cared for. And for a lot of us, like you may not have had that direct experience when you were a kid of an adult that, that, that was that emotionally attuned. And this is why mentorship is so helpful. This is why being in community is really helpful. Why, you know, 
the path of growth and development, however that looks, if that's just podcasts or YouTube videos or reading books or reading blogs or like doing programs or working, you know, in therapy, like it doesn't matter what you do. (laughs) It just matters that you step onto the path so that you can learn how to become that voice for yourself. You can learn how to meet yourself in those moments where it's really painful and say, you know what? I totally get why you're feeling this way. This makes total sense. Why you're feeling sad or why you're feeling lonely. And you know what? Even though you're feeling this way, I just want you to know that I'm going to stay here with you through it. I'm going to be here with you through it. And listen, if you need to take this part of the podcast and just replay that, you know, and listening to my voice say that to you, that's totally okay. That's one of the ways that we get it in our bones. We get it into our subconscious is consistency, repetition, and heightened emotion. So in those moments where you are feeling really tender, your emotion is peaked. And if in those moments you bring something new in, like that compassionate witness, like, yeah, this makes total sense why you're feeling what you're feeling. And I love you, and I'm here, and I know it's hard. I know it's painful. I know it sucks. But I'm going to stay here with you. I'm not going to shut you down. I'm not going to abandon you, because that's what usually happens, right? We feel these big, uncomfortable emotions, and we beat ourselves up. We say, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, stop feeling this way. Like, I'm going to check out. You know, whether that's, you know, numbing or I'm going to distract myself. And like, there's many, many ways that we can disassociate and, you know, disconnect from ourselves in those moments. And it doesn't heal. Like, you really got to hear this. It doesn't heal until you can meet yourself differently in those moments. And sometimes being able to meet yourself differently in those moments, the first step isn't you with you. The first step is a relational step. You know, this is why support groups exist. This is why therapy exists. This is why certain coaching containers exist. Because on a very fundamental level, we need each other. And... You know, there is this um, kind of paradox, right, that in order to heal ourselves, we need the other. And in order to heal our relationships, we need ourself and that connection to be really strong. So, like, who knows which comes first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know. I don't have that answer. All I know is that relational healing and emotional healing requires both. It requires both your investment, you with you, of you learning how to become the compassionate witness to yourself. And it also requires other people and other people modeling to you what that compassionate witness looks like, sounds like, feels like. So for a lot of folks, um, that's why they start in therapy or that's why they start in like a 12-step program or why they start with a coach because that's a relational container 
And it's through the modeling of the teacher, the coach, the guide, the friend, the, you know, whoever it is, the mentor. It's through their embodiment of being a compassionate witness for you that you learn the language, you learn the lingo, and you see it. And this is why I love group work so much, you know, and why I find group containers are wildly transformative. Because when you witness, let's say, let's just use like one of my containers, for example, you witness me being the compassionate witness to 20 other people in the room. That's 20 times your inner being has now received the medicine that it needed. And then obviously like the time that I will do it with you is like even extra potent because it's like about your experience. And it's the thing that you needed to hear that you didn't receive. Like this, this is actually one of my core gifts is really supporting the reparenting process. Like I will be a model for that for you. I will show you through my embodiment, through my modeling, what it feels like, what it sounds like, and what it looks like to be compassionately witnessed and received. The thing that younger parts of you didn't get, like I'm really good at speaking to those parts in a way that reminds them of their brilliance, reminds them of who they are. And the key with my work is that, you know, in order to come through the gates and do this work with me, you also have to be willing to speak to yourself that way. You can't, it, it can't just be a one-way street, you know, where you come and like take from me and just want me to feed, you know, that hungry ghost inside of you. That won't work. That will not work. That is not relational. I will not do that. And so there is a level of personal responsibility that um, every single person that comes through the gates of my work also values because they know on some level, like we can't go at it alone, but there are also parts that we do have to do alone. And it's a both and. And so I will always be that compassionate witness and I will speak to those really tender hurt parts in a way that is the emotional salve that they need. And I will do that as a model for you. So what happens a lot of the time is with my clients, because working with me, like <laughs> most programs, are like if you're working with me on the upper level programs, you're working with me for years. So <laughs> like, you hear me in your head. And you will hear the, the consistent way that I will speak to you and to other people in the container. You will hear that in your mind, in those moments of compression, in those moments of high stress, in those moments where you are tempted to collapse into old ways of being. And in that moment, you will hear my voice being that compassionate witness and then eventually over time, that voice that you hear that is my voice turns into yours. That's the whole point. Because I'm not interested in building any type of program in which 
there's this energetic of dependency where like you need me in order to function. Like my work is really designed for sovereignty. Yes, I will hold you and really be that guiding light and like really be that anchor at certain steps and junctures of your path. And then there will be other points in your story where I will back off and I will let you practice this for yourself. And I'll, you know, I'll come in and give like the little encouragement, you know, when you wobble a little bit. And then eventually that voice is fully transformed into your own and you literally can fly the nest and you can trust yourself to go out into the world and no matter what you face, you know that you've got you, you know, and you know, you can always come back for like a little tune up if you need it. But for the most part, like when someone goes through like the full range of my work, like they're set, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like it's a couple years investment up front, but like, then you're set and then you can actually just go and live your life and create, right? And so a big part of being able to really stand powerfully in your life is being able to meet these really tender, painful, hard, emotionally hard parts. And it particularly will come up around the holidays for a lot of folks. You know, and so the holidays will always show us um, where we are, where we are on that journey. And what comes up. And this is, you know, my invitation to you is, you know, if that tenderness, if that pain, if, you know, the holidays are a hard time for you because, you know, there's painful memories, you know, we lose people, um, you know, sometimes like we just have never had a really good holiday experience. And so there's a lot of pain and negativity that's associated and whatever, whatever the reason is, you know, this is my invitation to you is to begin practicing becoming the compassionate witness. What would it be like this year to speak love and kindness and compassion to those places that historically, you know, we can wall off and turn away from, that we can make wrong? that we can, you know, try and numb ourselves from, you know, being in connection with. And, you know, using the model that I, you know, I said in this episode, like, gosh, yeah, you know, this hurts. Like, you got to touch reality. You got to say, like, yeah, this hurts. This is really painful. This sucks. And it makes sense why it does. And you know what? You know, these other parts that are hurting right now, I, I'm going to be here with you through it all. I'm not going anywhere. We're going to do this together. You know, and allow the waves of emotion to come and go. And if, if it is available to you, you know, surround yourself with people who you feel really nourished by. And that, that can be one person. You know, that could be someone that you don't even know. Like maybe that means you spend time with me and you listen to the podcast and like you feel my energy around you. You're totally welcome to do that. 
you know, or, you know, the one or two people in your life that you do feel that really safe connection with, you know, have a plan, have a plan with them so that if you need, you know, a little SOS, you've got a lifeline, you know, and, you know, the more and more we start to build out this new community in the new year, you know, like I have this beautiful vision for it of like it being a place where people like fall in love and they meet each other and they, you know, meet their best friends and they meet their future partners and, you know, all of this like beautiful connection that can happen there. And, you know, we can begin that process by even just opening to the possibility of that. Opening to the possibility of like, hey, what if, like, what if that level of depth and connection and compassionate witnessing was my experience from this point forward? If I were to start building the energetics to that, how would I treat myself differently? And you might find that, you know, when we have that being like our anchor, the ways in which we traditionally numb out, because again, like if we're numbing out over the holidays, it's often because like we're emotionally full. Like our system is full and we're not processing uh, the emotional debris in our bodies. Like we're not, we're not processing it properly. So there's just a lot of truth that is not being told. When we have to numb out, guaranteed there are conversations in truth that are, are just not being welcomed to the table. And so we have to like stuff all of that. And then eventually like it's so big emotionally to deal with. So we just check out, we numb out. Whether we do that with food, alcohol, drugs, uh, sex, there's a lot of things like TV even that we can use to numb out, to not feel the things that we need to feel, uh, maybe not have the conversations that we know we need to have. So a lot of, like, in terms of if we know that numbing out is one of our go-tos, we want to take an objective look at the environment there. Is the environment actually conducive to you thriving? And if not, what would it take? Are there boundaries that need to be put in place? Um, are there just requests that need to be made? Is there a different avenue that maybe you need to walk instead? You know, if you find that, let's say you go to your parents' place for the holidays and you're constantly triggered and you can't stay in your body and so you pop out and you numb, like, yes, it might cause, you know, some feathers to be ruffled to maybe not go and stay at your parents' place. Maybe that's all you need is to stay, you know, a little bit removed so that you can go and have like some connection time. You can go and be in the spirit of the holidays spend a little bit of time with them. And then when you hit your range, when you hit that edge of like, okay, I'm full, like it, we're going to kind of get into like rough territory if I stay any longer, you have an out. You can go back to your hotel or your Airbnb or your friend's house or like w wherever you're staying. 
like the place that is the safe haven. So you take care of you. Again, this is a big part of becoming a functional adult and a healthy, mature, emotional adult is really taking care of what you need in order to be at your best. Because our families can be hella triggering. Like they are our most karmic relationships. And so it makes sense why, you know, we might get all flustered or turned around in the holiday season. And if you have a tendency to numb, like really, really map that out for yourself. Like what is the pattern there that leads to the numbing? Because there's a lot of things that happen prior to you making the choice to numb out. So like clock that for yourself, map it out, write it out. Step one, this happens. Step two, this happens. Step two, three, this happens. Like, And then eventually, like I'm so chaotic and full emotionally that I have to numb out because it's the only option. And so we can see when there's a map in front of us of like, oh yeah, like I went to a family, I stay at a family member's house that I know we don't get along. And they serve the type of food that like really makes my nervous system not do well. Like I don't feel nourished by it. Uh, there's, you know, a really creaky bed. And so I don't get good night's sleep. And so there can be like all of these things that lead up to the situation where like you're so under-resourced that numbing becomes like the logical next step to kind of help deal with and cope with the experience. So if you can see what leads up to that, then we can look at that map and say, okay, well, where do I have personal responsibility and autonomy to make a different choice? So that the different choice might be that you just don't choose to stay there and you stay somewhere else. And, you know, that might really resolve a lot of the stuff. Maybe you choose to stay there, but you bring your own pillow so that <laughs> you can have a better night's sleep. Um, if the type of food you just know is not going to be nourishing for your system or you need something else that is not going to be provided, then you bring that for yourself. Even if they have feelings about it, even if they like make snarky comments about it, like who the fuck cares? You're doing the thing that makes sure that you're well-resourced because if you're not fueled properly, your capacity to be with the emotional fuckery goes down (laughs) and we are likely more reactive, more prone to collapsing into those more numbing patterns. You might also want to look like what are the truths that are not being spoken in this relational dynamic? Because sometimes that's why we numb because we're going into, let's say a family system where they just sweep everything under the rug and everyone can fucking feel it when you walk in the door and you're like hitting landmines left, right and center. Like there's so much shit under that rug and like everyone's pretending that it doesn't stink. And do you know how much energy it takes to maintain that level of delusion and denial? It takes so much of your life force and creative energy. 
And sometimes like that's why we might default into numbing because we're like, there's so much shit here that isn't being dealt with. If we open Pandora's box, like we're fucked, you know? And so like, just give me that drink, you know? And so we will find ways to cope with things that are really difficult. And, you know, if that is the case, that there's just a lot of shit that your family system hasn't dealt with, I do not recommend that you use the holidays to like open that and be like, all right, we're setting this straight and like we're clearing this out for the new year. Because you really have to, and this is where reverence comes into play. Like if we are like really reverent about our relationships, we want people to be well prepared and not blindsided for that type of conversation. So you don't just drop it at, you know, the Christmas day dinner or the New Year's Eve party (laughs) or like anything in between, like whatever your tradition is, like the big gathering, like you don't drop the bomb there. Like if we are really holding reverence for our relationships, we want people to be uh, well-resourced, well-prepared, and have the ability to choose whether they want to participate in that conversation or not. This is why I will always, like the women in my higher-level containers, you know, when they're setting boundaries for the holidays, we do that in advance. You know, you don't do that, you know, five seconds before you step through the threshold of your parents' house. You do it in advance and then you let people choose if that works for them or not. And these are like higher relational moves, you know, in terms of the mastery moves. Like these are higher level maneuvers. But, you know, if we really want those truth conversations to go well, you can't just blindside someone with it. Otherwise what's happening is like you're doing the emotional volcano. Like you're kind of building up, building up, building up, blowing and, you know, spewing lava everywhere and that's burning people and taking them out. And like, it's, it's not a good situation, you know? And so in order to like really, (laughs) not do that. Again, we have to be more conscious of like, what is actually the reality here? What is the reality that leads me to numb out? And, you know, what are the things that do need to be addressed? And maybe like we get that on the docket for the new year. Like I make a commitment with myself that, you know, within the first month of 2023, I'm going to open the doorway you know, for our family system to have these conversations that really matter and deal with these things. And like everyone kind of gets the invite, the group invite, and then we allow people to choose if they are ready to participate in that conversation or not. And so if you really take a look at like, well, what is the sequence of events, the series of events that leads me to numbing out, you'll actually be able to find you know, a lot of places in that sequence where you can choose differently, that you can set yourself up to be more resourced emotionally, physically, um, even intellectually, 
and like really be mindful of where you're investing your life force energy. Because again, like if we are investing our life force energy in directions that aren't in service, like that there's going to be like a fallout and a collapse from that. And then when the collapse happens, then we might default to the coping pattern, which is numbing out. So all that to say, you know, if the holidays are a crunchy time for you, um, I see you. If they're a hard time for you, if they are a tender time for you, I see you. And you are loved and you belong. And that makes total sense to me because it is hard sometimes. You know, it, it is a painful season depending on what we've been through. And, you know, to really set yourself up for success the best that you can. You know, surround yourself with people who you feel good around. And, you know, make the choices of the things that you eat or the things that you drink that really nourish you. Because the more nourished you are on a physical level, the more resourced you are on a physical level, the more capacity you have emotionally. So this is a big part of, you know, this embodiment journey is learning what your physical vessel needs in order to thrive so that, you know, when we have these periods of time that are more painful or uncomfortable on the base level, like we're nourishing, we're resting, we're hydrating, we're connecting with people who are good for us, um, that can be a really powerful way to maneuver through the season. And, you know, the final piece that I will install in here is that, you know, when we're feeling like really sad and really lonely, one of the best things that we can do is go be of service to somebody else. This is the thing that's really missing in personal development, in, you know, the healing community is because it can get like really me, 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 me focused. And we forget that our way through the tunnel is both like, I have to be connected and know what's going on inside of me, of course. But that final kind of threshold, like when you're in like that dark tunnel of grief, the final juncture out of that tunnel is actually moving into service. You know, doing something for someone else who is worse off than you are. Doing something for someone else that is just really kind and really generous. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to include money at all. You could go volunteer. If you are someone that generally feels like really um, disenchanted or the holidays are really painful, go volunteer somewhere. You know, go let yourself and your vessel be used as a vehicle for service. To be in service to another human restores that human connection. It's very, very, very helpful for our healing to be in service to another. And, you know, the holidays, there's no shortage of opportunities to do so. So... That's, uh, I think that's all I need to say about that. 
I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. If this podcast episode really landed for you, or if you think that it would be a valuable podcast for someone else to hear, please do share it on your social media or send it to someone who you think it would really make a difference for. Um, that would be so wildly appreciated and helpful and just kind of gets the, the word out, gets the medicine out. And, uh, I will be back real soon with another episode on Christmas Eve. We'll see you soon. Okay. Bye.